Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Welcome to our War Room Posse audience, Conservative Daily out in Denver, and the Caravan to Midnight audience on their radio network. Welcome to my co-host, Bill Quinn. Thanks for joining me today, Bill. Good afternoon. Thank you, Todd. So we're brought to you by the Georgia Record or georgiarecord.com. Please sign up for our newsletters, uh, cdm.press with all of our websites. And check out our no-ad subscription. If you go to georgiarecord.com, top right, it says subscribe with no ads. And you will get access to all 12 and growing of our websites with no pop-ups on your phone. I know people hate that. So please support us that way. We are being attacked in multiple ways. We won't go into all of what's been going on over the last, uh, I guess, week. But it's not been good. Uh, they don't like what we're doing because we're telling the truth. So we need your support now more than ever, to be blunt. So please support our no-ad subscriptions, and uh, if you feel generous, uh, hit us with a donation, because we need it. We're fighting in multiple ways, legally, et cetera. Uh, we've got another blowout show today. We're going to bring on Chris Gleason, who is our election fraud expert down in Florida, and then Kevin Monkla, who should be well-known uh, across Georgia with his analysis on what's been going on in the Peach State. So uh, I think we'll get right to it. Bill, or Bill, you got anything before we get started? No, those sound good. I think we're going to have a full show today, Todd. Okay, here we go. Welcome, Chris. Hey. So you? Uh, you kind of blew the doors off last Sunday with uh, what's been going on and ESNS coming after you directly and naming you by name. Uh, watch out for this guy. Don't talk to this guy. So they're trying to hide the evidence of election fraud. But tell us what happened this week and what you've got now. Yeah, sure. So uh, ESNS. Um, despite uh, their best efforts to hide uh, the truth behind our elections, um, there are some good people out there. They're, they're, every election official might not be terrible. Um, either that or they're having a real big, uh, uh, a big change of, uh, change of heart because they know that based on what we're asking for, they, they know that we're going to find and we're seeing what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, and they, and they don't agree with it, you know, which is, which I think a lot of people, we can, um, majority of Americans, in fact, believe that uh, elections should not have cheating. 93% of American voters believe that there should not be cheating in the elections. So what we found this week, um, it, it has been a fight. Um, usually, um, I'll get stuff pretty quick. Uh, if I don't get stuff pretty quick through public records requests, it makes me ask questions and dig deeper. Um, in some states, we have some out, just outright denials of everything to include the election results, which is kind of interesting. Um, but like I said, we have some good, there are some good people out there. Sometimes they just need a little bit, little bit of coaxing. Mm -hmm. um, we had um, a large public records request that went out to um, all of the municipalities in Wisconsin. And the way Wisconsin does things, it's a little bit different than way a lot of other places do it. Uh, in Wisconsin, the municipalities have control over the tabulators and only the tabulators and the tabulator data um, for a portion of the time. Um, so they were the first ones to start telling me, Hey, no, we're not going to give you 
this information. We're not going to give you the machine configuration reports. We're not going to give you the initial state reports. We're not going to give you these reports off for the tabulators. And I reminded them politely that they had to because these are public records and they are generated in the course of conducting official business on machines that were paid for by taxpayer dollars. And more importantly, they're public records related to our elections and the elections of the people in the state of Wisconsin. And one of their, one of their replies was, hey, um, these, were, these logs have IP addresses. And I said, oh, really? They have IP addresses on these logs? Because that would say that the tabulators are connected to the internet. So are you telling me that you have, uh, in your official capacity, seen IP addresses on these logs? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then they started to comply a little bit with uh, what I had asked for to get me to go away. And so we started getting back these wonderful uh, configuration reports on the ESNS tabulators. And sure, you know, the funniest thing happened when I started looking at these. They didn't have any proprietary um, uh, data, nothing trade secret on it. They didn't have anything that would uh, potentially compromise our election. So you're saying some counties gave it to you, some didn't. Right. Some some counties gave it to me. Some didn't. Some states uh, gave me the stuff. Some didn't. Some municipalities. So you were able to see that what the counties that gave it to you, that the ones that were holding it were lying, saying yeah. it was proprietary information. Yeah. yeah. And so that makes me ask more questions. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I already knew the answer to the questions, but, you know, but I but we ask. We ask. And. So one of these uh, reports that everybody has been fighting me to the nail over um, here in Florida, in Maryland, in other states, were these reports called the EL68A report. And that is the system log on a particular version of ESNS EDS software and Unity software. Um, that shows um, it shows the importation of the uh, media from certain tabulators, and it shows what reports got run. And that was a big one here in Florida. That was a big one also in Maryland, because there were a lot of questions that um, we were trying to clear up. In particular, in my case, in Pinellas County, mm-hmm. we had the supervisor of elections who offered uh, perjured testimony, in my case, um, denying that certain reports were run and s- denying that, um, the, that they had to report blank ballots, which was, of course, um, a lie and perjured and further evidence that they altered election documents, which is a felony. It's a kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, so we obtained that information from a variety of states, um, not just uh, not just Illinois, um, 
we actually had a supervisor of election here in Florida who received the um, who received the uh, letter from ESNS, and I was blown away that a Florida supervisor of elections would hand that over. But then when I went and looked at what was going on in that county in particular, they had literally no blank ballots yeah. and they, so they weren't cheating. So they weren't cheating that way. Yeah. yeah. And so what we've seen nationwide um, in every, everywhere I've looked, essentially, if you have blank ballots or a high number of blank ballots, that is directly proportionate to the amount of fraud in the election. Hmm. And so, you know, um, it was, it was really interesting to see that. Um, we looked at some of the um, denials from some of these counties. So in Illinois, there's a lot of counties who actually just handed over the data that we yeah. asked for. Yeah. And, you know, the, the funniest thing is when you go and you look at the counties that are denying the requests. They're all they're all counties that. That. um that have something necessarily to hide. They have yeah. they have things that they're trying to cover up. Yeah. And so what do these people do? They hide behind um, they hide behind half truths, they hide behind fraud, and they destroy evidence and they try to conceal what's going on. But it's almost like a placebo clinical trial because you're getting the placebo from the counties that aren't cheating. So you're seeing all the reports and how they're supposed to look. And yeah. you're seeing that these reports are not nefarious and not proprietary. Yeah. And so when, when you're not getting those exact same reports from the counties who are cheating, it's very simple. It's, it's black and white. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the law of large numbers. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, it's like any other type of statistical experiment. You know, yeah. kind of like the ones that they that they're supposed to do when they approve a drug. Right. Right. Or approve some type of a study. And, you know, um, it, it, I kind of laugh because a lot of these medical studies that they use to approve drugs, you know, they might have 500 samples. OK. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, but when statistically um, you need more for certainty. And so what I'm looking at, you know, based on the data are thousands upon thousands upon. I mean, we're, we're talking millions of ballots cast in thousands of counties. So we're at uh, mathematical, mathematical certainty on a lot of this stuff. Now. Yeah. So we um, we also had we had a, we had a couple of counties give us the audit logs, mm. <laughs> the full the full audit logs before we before they got the letter from ESNS. Um, actually, it was after, and I uh, think it, I think the county um, election supervisor um, for this this uh, area knew what was going on, mm. and they wanted to help our effort because with what we saw and what we identified, um, we know we're tracking, mm -hmm. and we know right where to look, and we know right what to request now. So. Mm -hmm. Realistically, anybody, any of these people at this point who are going to try to continue to hide the evidence of this fraud or try to destroy the evidence of the fraud, like they did here in Florida with uh, with Ron DeSantis 
and Cord Bird and Maria Matthews, who run the elections here in Florida, um, they're going to have a bad day because that um, it doesn't reflect very kindly on them. Mm-hmm. And history is not going to reflect kindly on them. I mean, because these are our, our elections and these are public records. And, you know, um, Ron DeSantis might have been able to pull a fast one on the Floridians with SB 7050 that outlawed the supervisor of elections from turning over to us uh, election data, right? The Election and Fraud Legalization Act. Yes, my favorite, my the, the, the Ron DeSantis Election Fraud Legalization Act. Yeah. And which the, the attorneys for Dominion and the election, Florida election fraud mafia helped draft. And uh, so why would Dominion attorneys want to outlaw the data that proves that the fraud actually really happened? Is there, yeah. there must be something to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a question if I could, Chris. Yeah, it, sure. <clears throat> So it's pretty clear there's a correlation between um, the election staff, election directors that are cooperating and offering information and um, their counties that uh, that uh, seem to have none of these um, or very few of the um, pieces of evidence that would suggest that there was fraud in their county. Yeah. And so have you been able to get a sense of, you know, across Florida or across really any state, is there a percentage? Is it 50-50? Is it a few bad bad ones that, that are obfuscating information? Is it the majority? Do you, do you have that uh, sense of that yet? So I would say that the ones, um, as far as an exact percentage, I haven't run the exact percentage yet. What I can tell you is in Florida, um, I would say most of them in Florida were compromised. Hmm. Most. Um, I know of one at this point who did the right thing, sort of, after um, being presented, I guess, with uh, with the, the, the little angel on his right side, speaking hmm. into his <laughs> ear and saying, hey, you know, you might want to not go down this path. Because at the end of the day, right, all government power is derived solely from the consent of the governed. And if you have rigged elections, which we've caught them on now, yeah. altering election documents, they don't have the consent of the governed. And there's a lot more of us than there are of them. And nothing is going to stop the truth from coming out because the truth always has a way of coming out. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, Chris, uh, you're, uh, the, per- the entity that's funding your lawsuits is the thejusticesociety.com, correct? That is correct. And they really could use some funding. Um, they, they could really use some funding. There's a, a very sad trend um, when we look at trends nationwide is that there are a lot of nonprofits out there that are supposedly about election integrity. Um, there's uh, one called the Florida Free Elections, which is a farce. And then there's um, Look Who's Counting with Cleta Mitchell. And that's a farce. She's a farce. Um, we're actually doing real work, really uncovering real malfeasance, real misfeasance 
and real election crimes. And we're trying to hold people accountable. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Justice Society, it, uh, you know, it's, it's a good organization. It was founded with the right principles. Um, and we definitely need uh, to get them some money to fund um, what we're working on right now because there's going to be a lot of technology needs and there's going to be a lot of legal costs in order to fight that. And, and the Justice Society with Michael Doherty has a track record of winning in court. I mean, they were some of the first real wins against the FTC and, and others that were that re essentially was uh, extortion by government agencies. And so th there's a track record there if people want to check out the justicesociety.com. So um, what else, Chris? So we're, we're making progress. Um, the stuff that we've found is repeatable. It's just like every other pattern that these people have been doing with uh, the election uh, campaign finance fraud and all of that. Um, this blank ballot thing is massive and huge because ultimately this is the interference with a voter from casting their ballot at, uh, at and any way that they can try to spin this, it's bad. So either the machines are absolutely, totally uh, broken to the point that they can't be trusted at all, which they have to get rid of the machines, right? Two, the machines have been compromised by bad actors via remote access because they're all connected to the internet, which we also know is true. <laughs> and three, that they're in on it and they're trying to cover it up. And it could be a combination of all three and more. So on the audit logs you reviewed, you actually saw insertions of possible, you know, scripts or whatever in the middle of operation of the machines, correct? We saw things that give real question, yeah. real question as to what is going on. And, you know, it, realistically, it's only it would only take about 40 something lines of code to inject into a machine. And I've obtained um, a security audit of uh, these, some of these ESNS systems. And they said, and, and this is, you know, in a perfect world, if these machines were 100% air gapped, meaning with no connection to the internet, they could still be compromised by just inserting a USB into the device and they would be able to totally take over and manipulate everything. That's not even taking into account now the remote access on machines that um, were run on Windows 7 operating systems mm -hmm. that Microsoft stopped supporting in January, and then these machines were used to administer elections in November. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... So the logs have it all. Um, the logs have it all. And they so just. Let me just interject because uh, repetition is good for our audience. So, what you have found is that a large percentage, up to 20 or 30% in some precincts and jurisdictions in Florida and across the country, where the machines were registering 20 or 30% of the ballots cast during the 2022 election as completely blank. So that people went in and on purpose cast a ballot with no markings on it. So the machine takes that ballot 
and then adjudicates it and tells what who that person voted for. Am I that's correct, right? That's they're actually two separate issues. So okay. you've got um, the adjudication issue is a whole other big thing that we uh, figured out looking at um, at the at the races in Maryland, and now what we are starting to what we're what what other people um, have seen with Runback mm -hmm. um, in the Kerry Lake case. So this in Florida, we identified that it had started quite some time ago. Mm -hmm. And every year you had every year in the November election, you had an uptick in blank ballots that were cast mm -hmm. to the point where in 2022, there were certain counties like Broward County, that 10% of all the ballots cast in Broward County were 100% blank. So that would mean that somebody, you know, 10% of all the voters who cast a ballot in the November election during early voting, during vote by mail, during election day, and during provisional, provisional, hmm. they went out and showed up, did what they had to do. They had their ID checked. They, you know, they waited in line. They took the ballot and then they went and didn't color in anything. And then they fed a blank ballot into the machine. So Broward County has what five million people? I'm guessing um, they Maybe had they had uh, I believe it was sixty thousand people cast a ballot. I'm not sixty thousand, six hundred thousand people cast ballots so, in yeah. the November 2022 election. So over sixty thousand of those ballots, yeah, were blank. Now that's one county in Florida. That's one county. I mean, in Florida, I mean, in, in Pinellas County where I live. In the 2022 election, and this is this is how big a deal this is, right? So, in the 2020 election, where um, Joe Biden won, all right, um, Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden by uh, 1,214 ballot what well, votes, okay? Um, yet there were 18,000 blank ballots cast in Pinellas County. How did that yeah. work? Yeah. Then. You had um, then you had about eight thousand duplicated ballots, and the duplicated ballots—that's the really—that's really sinister and sketchy because what they're trying to tell us is that somebody spilt coffee on the ballot or something, and so because of that, they needed to adjudicate that ballot. Eight thousand of them, and. and so you got to ask. So somebody spilled the coffee on their ballot at at a, at the uh, at the precinct. Doesn't sound right to me. And th and these are split all across the categories. So what they do is they take a ballot that is defective or damaged, right? They scan it in, and then somebody adjudicates it. Somebody in a room. They say that it's in front of a canvassing board, but that's not what we're hearing in other states. It's certainly not what we heard that's going on in Arizona. And you know, that's a problem because somebody cast a ballot and then somebody's determining how that person cast the ballot. But there's where's the chain of custody? Where's the oversight? And you're talking tens and tens and tens of thousands of votes. And in Pinellas County alone, it was 8,000. So how yeah. many of those were in these other counties? And when you people know? say, well, look, Florida's the gold standard and Ron DeSantis won, 
essentially what they did is allow him to win massively and then cheated on some of the down ballot races, right? Yeah. And, and Ron DeSantis played a very large part in the cover-up of the theft of the election from Donald Trump because they needed to maintain the illusion, right, and the narrative that it was a close race, but it really wasn't. And it, so when we raised the blank ballot issue and we brought it to their intention, right, in 2022, it reflected that outcome in Miami because we went from 68,000 blank ballots cast in Miami to about 400, I think it was, or something like that. So they got the memo. They got the memo. And yeah. Ron DeSantis won in Miami. And the same, you know, same thing happened uh, in other counties. Happened in Hillsborough County. Happened in Orange County. Meaning over the time the blank ballots were going up and all of a sudden they dropped off because they told them you can't. To none. To statistically yeah. zero, you know. Yeah. And but some counties didn't get the memo. Pinellas County apparently didn't get the memo. Neither did Broward. But mm. Pinellas County and Broward were also using Rumbeck ballot forging software. Hmm. And I'm just going to call it for what it is at this point, ballot forging software. And, you know, there's no audit lock. These machines, so the ballot forging software isn't even, it, it won't even function unless it's connected to the internet. Yeah. So essentially these machines cannot be used. No, none of the machines can be used. And yeah. We can prove it. We can absolutely prove it. And not in Georgia, is, not in Florida, not in Maryland. Nowhere, 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 nowhere. I mean, they've got in Georgia, when I was looking at the, the, the S logs there, um, you know, you have the symmetric key. Symmetric keys are not being found. Um, you're seeing large numbers of ballots being. Which means they're not encrypted and can be modified, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they, and they're not, and they should not be trusted because there's not the proper digital signatures. And then you have counties providing um, official election documents to us that don't have the, ha the digital hash signatures. So what they do, right, is they'll print them out on a piece of paper, scan it in, call it a PDF, and then they call that a an electronic document. Sorry, yeah. it's not what it is. It's yeah. not an electronic document. Meaning it's likely been modified before it was scanned. Yeah. 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 Chris, thank you. We're going to have you back, I think, on a regular basis as this story develops. So thejusticesociety.com can help fund the legal work. So anybody that wants to be to fund the tip of the spear, uh, which I think you can hear from Chris's words that this is the tip of the spear on the machines, uh, please support thejusticesociety.com. It's a C3. Anything else, Chris? That's it. Thank you, sir. We'll have you back. All right. Have a great day. Take care. Wow, Bill. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. It, it's interesting. One of the things that Chris mentioned about counties acting differently models uh, and parallels something we saw up here in Georgia when certain documents, certain reports began being requested, some counties pretty consistently would uh, would answer those requests and, and provide what was asked for. Others wouldn't. And yeah. as you, as we get into multiple requests, we saw the same counties in some cases saying no. And so it's right in line with what, uh, with what Chris has described. Which is, which it makes a point that it's very important. Even let's say, even we couldn't get enough counties to flip to paper ballots prior to 24, it's still very important because you have the placebo effect. You can see if you go to paper ballots, you can see what is really going on 
And it's a huge contrast to the fraud in the other counties that are not moving towards freedom, if you will. Yep. So one note, we had a story a couple of weeks ago with uh, in Bullock County with uh, Sarah Thompson, who alleged that the chair of the Bullock County, Lawton Sack, had added non-vote or added voting members illegally to the committee, the GOP committee in Bullock County. Um, and that in order to make alterations to the county, she was just removed uh, from her position in Bullock County by the chairman and that committee. And we've reached out to Lawton Sack several times. He has not uh, talked to us yet about is it true that he added uh, voting members illegally to the committee. He does have the ability to add non-voting members, but he essentially packed the committee, like packing the Supreme Court. That's the allegation. We're trying to get to the truth in multiple ways, and we'll keep our audience advised of what we find, because we're just about the truth. doesn't matter where it lands. So I'm going to bring on Kevin Moncla. Bill, you ready? Yep. Okay. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for have, coming on again. Uh, you're a, a frequent guest of the show. Um, can you add to what Chris said as to what's going on in Georgia and in your interaction with the state election board? Um, I can on a couple of fronts. Great. I've been working closely with Chris, um, both in Arizona and in Georgia. Um, seems like the ESNS system has something similar than, that we found with the, um, the Tennessee anomaly in Georgia. And that is essentially setting aside votes into a special category that can be um, used to be um, swapped out later, essentially. So um, on that front, there's problems across the country. And I think Chris is, um, Chris is spot on with what he's found. And um, we found it in Arizona as well with his help. Um, as far as the state election board goes, um, nothing but disappointment. Um, I'm going to have an article coming out, um, hopefully through you this week, which gets into some fairly stunning um, actions by the state election board. Um, it seems like they're doing everything they can to avoid the facts and um, just sweep everything under the rug. As an article you had last weekend pretty much stated. Yeah, that was our article, the, the not so honorable Judge Duffy. Um, so do you want to go into any particulars on any complaints that you have in front of the state election board or what, what did you want to, what do you want um, to discuss? I do. Um, there's a complaint pending now that where we found 20,000 ballots uh, that don't exist for the original count of November 3rd, 2020. And those 20,000 ballots are missing from the recount in 2020. And it's rock solid. We have all the data. And and Trump lost by 12,000 votes. So Correct. Yeah. So it's, um, it's very important considering what's going on with Benny Willis and mm -hmm. um, that phone call. <clears throat> and also Coffee County. Yes. Um, people will be indicted this week for computer trespass. And those people in Coffee County did nothing but what they were supposed to do. They found a problem, and that problem has been documented in the curling case in other counties. And the only difference is that the people in Coffee County wouldn't let it go. They wouldn't sweep it under the rug. 
they demanded um, some action and nobody came to their came to their aid. And this is after months of begging the Secretary of State and Gabe Sterling for help. And in fact, they sent armed agents down there, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Those armed agents tried to replicate or, or do another recount and they couldn't solve it. Dominion technicians couldn't solve it. Um, when they went to reconcile the recount, they found that there were batches that were missing from the, from the total. And they found the batches and they rescanned them and the totals didn't change. Which means the tabulators or whatever, the, the nomenclature were pre-wired essentially, right? Essentially, yes. And this was, yeah. like I said, it was repeated in um, several counties, Gwinnett, um, Rockdale, there's several others that yeah. the results, the, the system would not accept certain batches of ballots, like it didn't reach its limit or um, a threshold that it wouldn't acknowledge. So it's the same problem, except that Coffee County documented it and it wouldn't budge. And so they're going to get indicted. indicted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a really, it's a real shame because um, over the past few years, I've gotten to know these people very well and, and the details very well. Well, we're to the point here in the United States and in Georgia specifically where the mask is off and the only way the regime can stay in power is by force, essentially. Yes. So they want to indict. It's a very dangerous place, but we just want to make sure Georgians specifically are aware of what this administration is doing and, and, and their minions in different counties. Yes, so, this was an organic problem. It came from the ground up over several months. It did not come from the top down as, um, as it's being portrayed. They had problems in Coffee County. There were real problems. And um, I think the Trump administration found those, those folks after they um, testified for the Senate hearing and wanted to look into it. And that is the basis for the indictment. When you think about, you know, these indictments, not just here in Georgia, but across the country, it's pretty plain what's happening. I mean, every time there's new information found that would uh, seem to indicate a level of, uh, of guilt on a number of different areas by um, Biden or Hunter Biden or other members of the family, almost immediately thereafter, there's indictments dropped on Trump. And in this case, um, it, it's said that it's going to go beyond Trump. The latest number that many are, are repeating is uh, 12 indictments or more. What do, what do you make of, of this case where, you know, they seem to be an answer like tit for tat. Okay. Come up with something else on the Bidens and we'll, we'll throw another few charges at Trump. It seems very um, third worldish. This is not America. Not the America I grew up in. It does. There are there are a number of uh, whistleblowers coming forward. Uh, we'll talk briefly later on the show about one um, that was here in uh, Georgia this week, and uh, they they are telling tales that are devastating about the uh, the nature of motivation and other things in some of these agencies, and uh, it it falls right in line with this. Well, people will do what they need to do to either keep their position or uh, answer um, truths as they come out 
and try to muddy them up with, you know, more, uh, more uh, charges. And I think they're trying to create fear across uh, various areas by having these come out. Exactly. The whistleblowers have become the, become the, uh, the criminals. Uh, consider true the vote is being sued by the state election board. I mean, that's just the details are, are, are sick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, these people are, you know, they're going to be known. I mean, and that's all we're trying to do is, is out who is, who is fraudulent. So we want, you know, uh, they need to peacefully be told that they are acting and their behavior is, is against the future of this nation and their grandchildren and children. I mean, that's what I don't understand. How can you go out and how can you do this to your children? I don't understand it. Frankly. Well, Todd, thanks for you um, having the courage to cover all of this because um, there's very few. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Take care. Well, it's, it's disturbing, but uplifting at the same time. I mean, you know, the people are waking up. They really are. I, you know, you could hear it and you can see it. We're going to see something from the Iowa state uh, fair that occurred yesterday. And, you know, you can, you can, you can sense that people are getting us. They recognize the, um, uh, you know, the actions of the bad guys and um, they, they don't like being recognized. They, they, I think in past gotten used to being able to pull this stuff off and people either don't pay attention or say, well, you know, probably reasons they had to do it that way. And then, yeah. uh, you know, and now when truths begin to come out, hopefully, uh, as Chris was describing, people are kind of getting it and saying, you know, I don't want to be on this team. And I hope that that's part of what's going on. You know, yeah. folks are saying, I, you know, if I have to make a choice, I'm going to break for the break for the good guys and, uh, and yeah. do the right thing. And if you, uh, you know, I, I would just, if you have the chance, call these people out, you know, you're, you, I hear you're acting nefariously. Why are you doing that very peacefully? And yep. ask, ask them, why, why are you behaving this way? You, you're in my community. You're in my church. Why are you behaving this way? You know, so what else, Bill? Go ahead. Well, let's see. So uh, a couple things. One, um, I was lucky enough to uh, attend a uh, symposium. It's the first of a number of symposium series being held by uh, Forsyth County uh, and uh, attended that on Friday night. There will be more of these coming along and, and you'll see both us and others um, in, uh, announcing them as they come. This time, uh, the speakers were the, uh, most people know him as the FBI whistleblower, Steve Friend, um, fascinating and very smart uh, gentleman. And then along with uh, Don and Donna from uh, Cowboy Logic, which airs on uh, Real America's Voice. So one, the event was, uh, was very well put together and the content was great. Um, to hear Steve talk about it, um, you know, it, you get a very good sense of what he uh, went through, what other good guys within the FBI are going through even today, and um, in, in where some of this stems from. Um, and then, too, uh, Don and Donna spoke uh, very deeply and in, in, in depth about the experiences going on 
through the last essentially three years um, with the people involved in J6 and how horrendous the, their treatment's been, how um, unfair, how um, you know treacherous this process has been for many. So um, one, you know, highly recommend that folks learn more about that. We're going to try to bring forward some more information so that people really get a sense of this. I think folks um, may not quite understand what's really going on even today um, with the folks that have been charged through the, uh, the J6 process. But yeah. um, in addition, just attending the, the event, um, we had a lot of folks come up and say, gosh, you know, we appreciate what um, the Georgia 2024 show is doing. We appreciate the Georgia record. We appreciate CDM. And uh, we wanted to say thank you for that. Um, it, one, it's, it's nice to be um, recognized for the effort, but it also, we hope that it's encouraging to your point for folks um, to come forward and become involved in, you know, in their own initiatives, whether that be uh, working with their county, working with their um, board of elections in their county, um, getting involved in the legislature, all of which are necessary right now. Um, there is no, uh, I don't believe anyway, I don't believe there's any one solution to this other than full involvement. Everybody's got to pick a path. Everybody's got to pick a lane and get involved where you can, where your expertise leads you to, uh, to help the process. And that will be, it may be different for many people. That's okay. Um, I, uh, I don't think we're going to find one thing necessary here. Um, as, uh, as Chris and others have, have described, there's lots of little games getting played and everybody may have expertise that leads them to uncover, you know, one or more of these games and everyone is valuable. So, um, and, uh, you know, uh, there's got to be people out there on the inside who are disturbed, who are unhappy with they know what's going on. You can get to us at the Georgia record or on CDM. Um, there's email addresses. You can contact us and, uh, you know, provide us information. And like I said, if you're in a church or your close friend, you know, is acting nefariously, he's, you know, withholding data or committing outright election fraud in a county have a conversation with him. You know, it's, it's not too late. We, we're going to need heroes and to come out and save the nation. You know, if you're, if your husband, you're sleeping, you know, in the same bed with your husband who, you know, is committing election fraud, you know, call him out. I mean, wives have, or, or vice versa, you know, so yeah. call him out. Yep. I, I absolutely agree. The, um, there will be people and, um, there will be people that if, if perhaps done, um, nefarious things in the past. And I think just like, uh, you know, just like uh, Christians think of anybody else, you need to be willing to, um, you know, uh, from, from your standpoint, forgive them and allow them a path to change. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, it isn't up to, up to us to grant forgiveness to everybody, but we can certainly understand and we can provide them a path to earn forgiveness, perhaps. So um, I would ask pe people to be open to that. We've already seen that happen. And mm -hmm. very frankly, um, I think many folks that have, have dealt with us know that people are coming forward confidentially, asking us to take in information in some, in some cases completely confidentially right yeah. Yeah. And, and help act on it, and, but, but yet you know, protect their confidentiality in an appropriate way. Sure. Um, and, and we continue to do that. So um, encourage those to keep coming forward.
So that's uh, that, that's part of the report from on the ground the last few days. Um, do we want to talk about yesterday? Yesterday was an actually yeah. Very go ahead, real quick, day. and then we'll go to a break, and then we'll come back. Okay. So uh, uh, in the uh, in Iowa, they had the state fair yesterday, and um, uh, Ron DeSantis went, um, and then uh, from what I gather, Trump sort of unexpectedly showed up, and uh, we were able to capture some images that that uh, really draw, you know, some, uh, some contrast between what was going on. And if uh, we can show that now, or we can do it after the break. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially Ron DeSantis flipping burgers at the fair. And <laughs> oh, sorry, let me, let me pause that. Finish your thought, Todd, and then we'll get it. I was going to say it's, it, it was, it's DeSantis trying to make an impression at the fair and Trump kind of stole the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's a picture of Trump outside. This isn't even in, in a building. This is outside. And everybody has gathered together to try to get a glimpse, maybe get a photo, all that kind of stuff, and and listen to listen to the chanting, if you will. Four more years, four more And so while that's going on, Ron, Ron DeSantis is inside one of the venues spearing eggs to give out to the crowd. And, and it is, uh, as a result, has earned the, the name the Egg Man, apparently talking more to the vendors than the people. Where'd Chris go? You want one? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think one of them just said, I'm just here for the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, watch this. So while he's doing that, there's a plane flying outside above the fair that reads, be likable, Ron. <laughs> and then he comes out of the building and gets greeted with this. We want Trump. And I got to put this on pause and set it up so people yeah. understand it. <laughs> Just to put a capper on the day for Mr. DeSantis, um, uh, Trump, of course, flies in with his with his own 757, and uh, somebody happened. Uh, record, according to, um, I think this came from uh, from in the Matrix. Um, somebody had an open hot mic nearby Ron when they look up and see his plane flying over, and you have to listen. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the capper to a perfect day for mr DeSantis. oh my gosh i mean trump just ruled him I mean, just... oh my goodness gracious you know I, and something tells me that we're not done seeing seeing the uh bizarre but in some cases laughable stuff that's going to go on between now and in next year so well, it's going to be an entertaining uh, stressful but entertaining year for sure <laughs> yeah, i think i think you're right i think you're right all right let's go to our break real quick with our sponsor david cross i'm david cross and you may know me from my election integrity work but i also own u.s asset management a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice i'm a certified portfolio manager and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money one of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. 
If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big proud American Eagle logo. So we've talked about before to, uh, we really got to support businesses that are on our side of the football. And uh, it's a massive weapon we have to fight back against all this. You've seen Target, you've seen Bud Light, you know, get their stocks massively destroyed. So don't give money to people. You know, he says they hate your values. I would go further and say they hate you. So um, don't give them your money. Very simple. Give them to people who want to work with you. I'm, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's um, an honor to be, um, called upon to represent uh, and help represent uh, David Cross and his firm because they he's done so much, continues to do so much today. So uh, um, yes. just, you know, unabashedly will, uh, will we'll, uh, say that he's one of the, one of the strongest Patriots. I think we have fighting for us in, uh, in Georgia along with others, but certainly yeah. one of the key ones. Yeah. So I do have a book coming out. I haven't written, I've written five books in the past. I haven't done one in six years and I've, uh, literally had people going through withdrawals. Uh, so I have another one coming. The emails have been amazing. Thank you for your uh, support, but it's finally here. I spent a lot of time over the last several years, uh, probably about five years with the Iranian resistance, the Mujahideeni Kalk or the People's Mujahideen of Iran and the National Council of Resistance of Iran. Uh, these are the people that initially fought the Shah and thought they were going to form a joint government with the mullahs in Iran in the 70s, but then the mullahs turned on them and uh, literally killed them. Uh, they've executed over 130,000 at this point. It's happening today. Uh, these people will send vans into demonstrations, arrest kids, and then put pictures of their bodies in the paper for the parents to identify them. And it's horrific what these people are going through. So this book is called Paying the Price. It's the story of the Iranian resistance is literally unknown, and it's unknown because the American government has been part of this corruption and putting out, uh, I guess, narratives that they are terrorists, that they are you know, a cult, that what they are is a very focused military force bent on bringing freedom to their country. They put a 10-point plan out, which includes free markets, uh, you know, equal rights for women. And this is, is an Islamic country and an Islamic movement, but they have a tolerant Islam. They want freedom of religion. So you can see all of this in the book. Um, you can get the book at historyofbooks.com. That's H-I-S-T-R-I-A.com with our new joint venture with History, which is Vindicta Press, uh, CDM and History of Books together. And uh, I would encourage people to uh, find out what could happen if you don't save this nation the horrific torture, killings, repression. These people have nothing to lose. You've got teenagers with nothing to lose uh, because they were, they're going to be destroyed anyway. The oligarchs run the country. They're raping the country, stealing from the people, killing the people. So it's depressing. Uh, it's emotional. It's disturbing, but it's uplifting So because these people want their freedom. So I'll leave it at that. Well, well that's wonderful, <laughs> Deep. Yeah, I hope I hope folks will uh, will check out that and your other books and and uh, I I know Todd won't blow his own horn, but recall too that he often gets called on to other shows um, to lend his expertise. So 
This is just one example. Um, also, uh, for folks looking to pick up the book, they should look at uh, the Georgia record. And I think the other CDM sites, and you'll often you yeah, know, you can, you can see, see the ad. Video. I'll show the cover here. That's called "Paying the go. Price: The Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance." You can get it. Uh, yeah, go to CDM or the Georgia record. The ads are there. But if you've got the no ad subscription, you can go to History of Books dot com and find it there or anywhere books are sold amazon whatever but um thank you bill that's good that's great good luck with it i'm sure i'm sure it'll do well yeah so i think that's it for the show um wednesday do we we it's going to be do you have any idea what we're going to bring on well wednesday? we're going to have we're working on on final guest list for wednesday now we hope to have uh steve friend the fbi whistleblower on with us um, I'm sure we'll have him on. I think it'll be Wednesday and uh, we'll have one or two other special guests for that evening as well. Uh, it's going to get full every time, I think, as we get uh, as we get closer to uh, the actual cycle beginning. Um, and uh, probably this week specifically will be busy. So uh, yeah. remember to keep uh, whoever finds himself in harm's way this week in your prayers and uh, expect Whatever comes, we will we will cover for you. Thank you very much, guys, for watching. We'll see you Wednesday night at the 7 o'clock edition, 7 p.m. Eastern for the Georgia 24 show. We're two times a week now, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you.